Welcome to another episode of Business Over Bourbon, where we pour equal parts business knowledge and fine bourbon to make a truly memorable cocktail. Your bartenders for the evening are Corey Perlman and David Newman. Both guys have marketing backgrounds, an affinity for small batch bourbons, and an admitted five-year bromance that is downright nauseating. So put your learning hat on and highball glass in hand. It's time for Business Over Bourbon. Well, hello there. This is Corey Perlman coming to you on our first ever Business Over Bourbon podcast. It has been years in the making, and I am so excited to be here, not only with the people that are listening or watching, but also one of my favorite people in the world. So uh, without further ado, I want to introduce the other person that you see on the screen here, my good friend and partner on the Business Over Bourbon podcast, Mr. David Newman, CSP. How are you, buddy? Great to see you. I'm in the Ed McMahon chair here, and uh, it's a pleasure to be here, and I, I cannot wait to start the drinking. <laughs> me, me neither. In fact, I've got my, uh, my, my bourbon shirt on here, Newman. I don't know if I showed you that. My that is very bourbon. nice. No, you did awesome. not. I, I like that. I get a lot of uh, I get a lot of uh, people commenting about my shirt. So he- here's the thing: what I want to do, David, I want to just kind of you know I, I don't want to mess with people's time, and so they're they're here for two reasons: they're here for either business or they're here for bourbon. And so I'd like to start with the one that I think we take preference to, and that's the bourbon. <laughs> Amen. Amen. So- so let, let's go right into the bourbon that we have um, decided upon today. So for us, and it may not be for other people, but for us, uh, it's kind of near Passover. And so during a Seder dinner, um, we set out a chair in the Jewish religion to wait for uh, our, uh, what's he called? Prophet. Prophet. The yeah, prophet. Elijah. Oh, yeah. And so yes. uh, we set this chair out. And we hope that one day Elijah comes. So as you and I were thinking about, well, what bourbon could we use as our first inaugural bourbon? And lo and behold, you want to do it together? We came out. Yeah, I'm ready. Elijah Craig small batch bourbon. Why not? From Kentucky. Now, I will be giving you some some tidbits about this, David, uh, later on in the show. Tasting notes. They're tasting notes. Tasting notes. Tasting yes, notes. Very sad. So let's go ahead. Well, the first thing I want to do, David, is um, the first kind of thing that people should know about bourbon, and they probably do, is you can either drink it neat or on the rocks. So I like to drink mine on the rocks. Yeah, because I like my drinks cold. Yeah. Listen to this. Just, just hang on. That's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful sound. It is a beautiful So good. So, but I also don't like my, my bourbon too watered down. So I use this, uh, this ice bowl that I will tell you guys about where I got in just a moment. And uh, they make really cool ice balls like so. It's a little bit uh, dribbling right now because it's been sitting out. But this helps it not to get too watered down. So here again is, is the, the, the glass with the ice ball in there. And I will share a link with those that are listening or watching uh, where you can get those at on Amazon. But they are called Tavolo uh, Spheres. So T-O-V-O-L-O Spheres if you want to grab them on Amazon. Ready to pour, buddy? I, I, well, I have to open. This is a brand new bottle because this is, this is a new bourbon to me. And we were just saying that when you're – I just took off the cellophane and we're, this is a virgin experience here. So as, as it's a virgin experience, I'm going to open this bottle right now as this is very, this is very sensual. <laughs> I hope people are ready. I hope people are ready. Let's see if we can get the sound. Here it is. Virgin opening. Oh, did, did you pick that up? Good mic. That up. Let's have a All good right. mic because I did. Alrighty, that's beautiful. Here it All is. Right. I'm pouring. Here we um, go. We just went from PG to PG thirteen on the opening of your bottle, there, buddy. We, <laughs> <laughs> we, we might have gone to R <laughs> very quickly. Yes, uh, we might have gone to R, and, virtu- and we may keep going. Yes, yes. A virtual cheers to you, my friend. Yes, business over bourbon episode one. And like, bam, there right. it is. Boom, we'll do a little baby. Sniff, little sniff. Mm-hmm. Get that guy uh, nice and chilled. This oh. is the uh, this is small batch. Yeah. Uh, first, first, ch- 
char oak barrels. And we'll talk about why that's meaningless because every bourbon is, you know, first char oak <laughs> barrels. Right. Uh, they just They call it something different, but that's fine. Um, now, Elijah Craig, it does say on my label, father of bourbon. Mm. Is that true? Is he the father of bourbon? Because if he's the father, then we're the uncles. <laughs> now we are. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we are now. <laughs> well, the ironic thing, uh, David, is that actually um, <laughs> the bourbon was named after a reverend, uh, Elijah Craig, uh, born 1743, died May 18th, 1808. So just so you know, interesting tidbit that he was actually a reverend, a Baptist preacher. So, I mean, we got all kinds of religion throwing in here, right? A little Jewish, a little Baptist. You know, we're a secular group around here, man. So we are the, we are the world. We, are the, we world. are the world. We are. We're just all, it's not going to be a group hug. We've got the Lutherans, the Protestants, the Catholics, the Muslims, the Jews, the, the Shintos, all of them. They're coming in. And they're all drinking bourbon. As my buddy Jimmy Buffett says, there's a fine line between Saturday night and Sunday morning. Ain't that the truth? <laughs> <laughs> and that's the theme of our podcast here. That's the theme of our show. And you watch how we how we walk that line. You watch how we walk that line or every totally single freaking episode. Yeah. Yes. So let me just give a little bit of quick background. First of all, uh, I want to give a shout out to the National Speakers Association very quickly, only in that... Uh, we would not know each other, David, if it wasn't for NSA. And, and, and by the way, the National Speakers Association disavows any connection <laughs> to, to this podcast, any connection to David and Corey. They're like, I don't know these guys. Uh, we, we've never seen them. We've, but, we have no idea who they are. Yet the Cigar Peg would be happy to sponsor <laughs> every episode, I'm sure. Very possible. But, uh, you know, the, the, the NSA National Speakers Association created a buddy program. And my first conference that I ever went to at NSA, I didn't know anybody. And I got buddied up with little did I know one of the kings of the National Speakers Association himself, Mr. David Newman. And uh, and you and I just like we, we got a little bromance going. I mean, let's be honest. It's true. It really is. Wanted it, it, it to get along. <laughs> yeah, no, if people are watching or, or listening and uh, they're like, no, that's not really true. It's totally true. Mm -hmm. It's totally true. Yeah, I mean, uh, you're one of my favorite people. And so uh, the fact that we get to do this together, look, I can guarantee you we're going to have a good time. I just hope that, you know, others do as well. I, exactly right. Exactly right. And these are always filmed in real time. So it's 921 Eastern time. We're not drinking bourbon at like 7am. Although <laughs> stay tuned, stay tuned. We can have like, you know, AM edition here. Yes. Uh, if this really takes off and yes, <laughs> we'll see. could be like bourbon morning, noon and night brought to you by Elijah, the father of bourbon. And that's all good. It's all good. We, we might become uh, very successful, but then end up uh, yeah, in AA meetings and such. But we'll see. We'll, exactly uh, right. It's further down the line. Um, I'm going to check my little agenda here. So the, 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 the premise of this show will be to uh, intertwine business and bourbon. So what we're going to do typically is have a third person, possibly a fourth person on the show uh, as a expert of some kind. And our hope is that that guest also has a passion for bourbon like we do so that they bring a bottle of their choosing onto the show. And as we discuss with them, whatever their expertise be, it might be sales, might be marketing, leadership, uh, anything, uh, that we also get to sip on their favorite bourbon of choosing as well. And maybe we'll have some special guests and some special segments where their expertise is actually bourbon. That's my hope. There's actually uh, uh, sommeliers, sommeliers, if I'm yes. saying that properly, of bourbon. So they actually have the experience that people uh, in that industry do for wine, for bourbon. And I will say right off the bat, and David, if, if, if we're going to get haters on this show, it will be because of the lack of bourbon knowledge that we have. We are beginners. We're novices when it comes to bourbon. I've only been drinking bourbon maybe a little over a year or two. I love it, but I'm no, by no means an expert. So if I say something stupid or, or say the wrong notes that I'm tasting the bourbon, I apologize in advance. Yeah. No one's going to no a bourbon fans going to listen to this show and be intimidated by our bourbon knowledge. Like, like, Whoa, those guys are so smart. I can't believe they know every nook and cranny of these bourbon subtleties. Like, mm, no. Yeah. What tastes good? 
what doesn't taste good, what's funky, what's not funky, what's delicious, what's surprising, what's expensive, what's cheap. That's about it. And you get like, you know, like a four quadrant diagram, like, you know, tasty, sucky, cheap, expensive. That's about it. That's all we know. The the Covey the yeah. Covey model too. That's it. Right. <laughs> yeah, this this bourbon right here. It's like a quadrant two. It's a quadrant two. You know, it's important, but it's not urgent. No, it's yeah. important, but it's not urgent. Yes, yes. And it it mattered to this one. Yes. It mattered to this one. They actually say that's the most important quadrant of them all. Is the yes. important, not urgent button. So I mean, yes. hey, congratulations to Elijah. Elijah uh, Craig. And this is uh, this is a, this is an affordable bourbon, right? That we paid like what, 23, 24 bucks? Yeah, and so that's one of the things that I also want to make sure that we cover on the show is is that we uh, bring in some some high-end bourbons that we can try and also some what we call kind of everyday drinking bourbons or, you know, bourbons for the common man if you will. And and this one in particular is around 25 or 30 dollars to buy, and I think that's a very affordable price for a good bourbon. And and just to be clear, we're, we're drinking this bourbon tonight, but don't think that Elijah Craig gave us any money. Like, there's no sponsorship play here. Elijah, are you listening? There's no sponsorship play here, but there could be, and there should be, and there will be. So get your act together and write Corey Perlman a check. Please. And, and and don't forget whoever wrote this or created this t-shirt here. I mean, this alone, yes. I mean, it's you know, whatever, but Hey, you know, that, that, that comes after our fourth and fifth uh, audience member that we get hopefully uh, in the near future. Yes. Right now it's our yeah, two right. wives and that's pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> and right. you know, the dogs may tune in. The yes. dogs. Woofy and uh, Domino, right? Yeah. <laughs> All right. About it. Um, so the the first segment of this show and yes we've been doing a lot of intro but i mean heck this is this is exciting for this us. episode one man this is episode one it is nicknamed shut up and drink <laughs> yes, yes that's what we called it it's episode one shut up and drink yes where we get all the kinks out and uh you know and hopefully our tolerance will build up over time so we don't i've already drink. been listen talk about kinks i've already been massaging this <laughs> bottle like this i've been twisting i've been turning you want to hear it pop again sure you do hang on Oh. oh yeah, that's, that's what a, I'm talking. Oh, you know what I like. You know a, what I like. I'm gonna have you some know. sound effects. <laughs> you know. <laughs> oh gosh. All right. So the first segment on business over bourbon is going to be the first sip, which we've already uh, had. Um, and and so what we're gonna do, David, is we're gonna talk a little business, and then we're gonna talk okay. about our first sip of bourbon and talk about Lovely. what we liked about it. So on the first sip. I want to talk about, you know, both of us are uh, Facebook fans. We both use it for uh, our personal world as well as our business world. And I've actually, although you call yourself, you know, a traditional marketer, marketer in sales and and, and expertise, you kind of lean on me for a lot of the social stuff. I look at you and see a lot of what you do in social and I'm very impressed with it, especially what you do on Facebook. So with all that being said, I want to uh, give some advice to our listeners and our watchers today on what they can do to leverage Facebook more, especially in the world of cat photos and political vomiting that we see so much of. It's such a frustrating platform right now. How do we uh, share with our listeners some ways to find more business relevance? Yeah. Well, I think, uh, even before we get to that, I think one thing that we're demonstrating here is the whole premise of this show that we're doing. Now, we're not on Facebook, obviously. We may be sharing some episodes on Facebook and some show notes and whatever. But two guys talking about bourbon, right? This is kind of edgy in and of itself. Some people don't like drinking. Some people have a background of alcohol addiction. They say, oh, that's not politically correct. That's not good. That's not smart. You know, if you're drinking bourbon on camera, drinking bourbon during your podcast, you're going to get drunk. You're going to get loose and sloppy. So that's not, that's not really relevant because the folks that we're trying to attract and the folks that we're using Facebook and social media and traditional marketing and online marketing – we're trying to attract people who are interested in what we're interested in. So if you don't risk turning some people off, you're never going to turn anybody on. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people say, oh my gosh, I, I would never drink. I, I'm sorry. I, I would never dream of doing a podcast or any kind of show that involves drinking because you know some people don't like it. That's divisive, whatever. We're saying that's not the point. The point is that we're two guys who enjoy bourbon 
who enjoy each other, who enjoy business, and who enjoy having fun. And if, if our listeners meet those four criteria, you're going to have a great time. If they don't, right, not interested in business, not interested in bourbon, not interested in having fun, not interested in, in what we're up to, that's fine. This show's not for you. But trying to please everybody and trying to be vanilla and trying to be bland, to me, it's just death. Yeah, I uh, I couldn't agree with you more. And 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 I'll tell you something. Uh, you demonstrated that, you know, kind of transitioning. I I uh, I remember you and I had a conversation when I saw what you were doing on Facebook, and I was scared to death for you and your business. You remember that? I was like, David, you're being like a little contrarian, man. Like you're 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 toeing the line, if not crossing it, man. Like you're you're ranting. You're just being kind of this curmudgeon on Facebook. And I'm like, you know, I, I, I advise against that as your, as your social media uh, bird on your shoulder. And then I went to Facebook and I saw the comments and likes and engagement you started to get. And I was like, damn, I'm wrong, <laughs> you know, because um, what you were doing is uh, you were taking a stance and you threw it out there and you said, you know, this is, this is what I believe. And it wasn't vanilla, by the way, there was stuff that you were saying that 45% or 38% would disagree on. Let's, let's be be clear on that, sure. but you were getting conversation started and it was powerful and it was impressive. Yeah. Well, I think that's the key, right? And it's not about, it's not about fake ranting. I think it's about authenticity. And I have this conversation with my clients all the time. They say, oh, well, David, I'm not super energetic. I don't yell. I don't have a big voice. I don't make big eyes. <laughs> right. I said, well, that's just how I express my enthusiasm. So I think the two things in social media, and especially Facebook, and thank you for those kind compliments, by the way, uh, the thing with social media success and getting any kind of traction on social media, I think it's really simple. I think it's about sharing your expertise with enthusiasm and authenticity. So sharing expertise, right, have some value to share, some relevance, some helpfulness, some generosity, like our friend Jay Bear talks about utility, right? About marketing is about help and not hype. And you and I both love that. We both love Jay. He should be on this show. He needs to be on this show. He needs to be guest number three. I'm not sure who guest number two is, but I'm giving us some leeway. <laughs> so Jay Bear, you're next. You're next. Tag Jay Bear. Uh, tag expertise. Exactly. It's like we're already talking about him. <laughs> expertise shared with enthusiasm and authenticity. Enthusiasm comes in a million different flavors, by the way. There are some people that are very quiet, but they're very enthusiastic, and that comes across, comes across in their videos, comes across in their podcast, comes across even in their writing, in their blogs, in their articles, in their Facebook posts. You know, there's a million different personalities. Enthusiasm is not about one personality. There's no such thing as an enthusiastic personality. There is such a thing as being authentic and about being excited about what you're excited about and being uh, enthusiastic about your opinions and your stance. And like, Corey, what you were saying about having an opinion, taking a stand on a topic. So if you're a leadership guru, don't just regurgitate the same leadership crap that we can read everywhere. What's your stance? What's your opinion? What's your rant? What's your, what's your manifesto around leadership or anything else? Sales, customer service, personal finance, career, parenting, weight loss, hair loss, whatever. <laughs> whatever your expertise as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, whatever you and your company does, are you enthusiastic about it? Are you authentic about it? Are you sharing it in your own voice in the way that your audience wants to hear from you? That's all I do. And people go, oh, well, I can't be like David Newman. It's God forbid, right? But, but still, I can't be like David Newman because he's got this big booming voice and this big personality. And that must be the only way to do it. Folks, it's not the only way to do it. Corey's way is not the only way to do it. Uh, the best way for you to do it is to do it your way. Yeah. Very, very good advice. And the other thing I see you do, and I completely agree with is you are taking a side, but not in areas that um, are going to turn people off to the point where they wouldn't do business with you. You know, for example, like po political stuff, that's not what oh. we're talking about. And, and I think, you know, some, it's to some degree, people say that goes without saying, but that doesn't go without saying, because we see it. I see, you know, it seems like the higher level the executive, the less they think these rules apply to them. Um, I've seen so many uh, very well-off, established businessmen and women, um, 
you know, vomit on Facebook, uh, either one way or another, and they're either going to piss off 49 or 51% of their audience. So that's not what we're talking about. What David does is he tends to take sides and, and be brash on topics that, um, you know, such as like, should you cold call or not? You know, things that you may not agree with, but you're not going to be offended by, uh, which is a big difference. I mean, I think you would agree with that. Unlike this show, that's going to hopefully offend a lot of people because, hey, we're drinking and we're having a great time Cheers and we want, we want you to be drinking too. So, you know, what we shared earlier, Corey, is that our whole global movement is that as we're going through episode after episode and bourbon after bourbon, that people all around the world are drinking the same bourbon that we are on that episode. Yeah, I'm pretty fired up about that. I mean, I, I would like their my vision for this show is that, you know, uh, somebody in, uh, you know, Japan, you know, finds a way to be able to pull out uh, one of the bourbons that we're drinking and be able to enjoy whatever bourbon that we happen to be drinking at, at that time. Um, yeah, so l- let's talk for a second about this particular bourbon as our first sip, if you will. Um, let me give you a little bit of background on, on, on Elijah Craig. Like I said, this is a Kentucky bourbon. Uh, since this is the beginning of our show, I do want to also mention that every bourbon is whiskey, but not every whiskey is bourbon. And so kind of the shortcut, if you will, and I have it written down so I don't forget anywhere, is if you are a bourbon, you must be in the United States, distilled in the United States, contain 51% corn, must be aged in new oak charred barrels, and be distilled to no more than 160 uh, proof and then entered into the barrel at 125 proof and bottled at no less than 80 proof, David. So easy on those sips, my friend. 94 proof right here, baby. 94 proof. That is almost 50% alcohol. It's 47% alcohol. So and, and I'm loving it. <laughs> you, do you like it? Happy with I it? Do. Yeah. What I do, do you think? Uh, I'll tell you, bang for the buck wise, it's one of the better ones. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. I, we I have to get our hands. Agree. We have to get our hands on some Pappy Van Winkle. Oh, we will. Pappy it's Van all about Winkle. the guest. I mean, if the guest has to bring 20. it, we got to go get it, you know? Yeah. That's the danger. If you, if you bring on like a Jay bear, he's going to bring on yeah. like a, you know, 20 year old Pappy and you and I are going to have to go <laughs> find that somewhere. A special order that here in Pennsylvania. You got a special order that bad boy. That's not freely available around here. No, no, no. You got to be careful with that. So, yeah. um, you know, so again, this is a single barrel, uh, as they say, a small batch bottle to 12 year is what we're drinking right now. Uh, there is also an 18, uh, for Elijah uh, Craig as well. And the price obviously goes up the older it gets. Uh, and um, the other interesting note that I, I found in here was that the barrels that age Elijah Craig also uh, are used for beer distributors for uh, Goose Island Brewery, the bourbon imperial stout. They use uh, get a little bit of the bourbon flavor from the barrels uh, that are done with by Elijah Craig after they use them, which is pretty neat. How about that? Yeah, yeah, yeah pretty cool. So I, I find uh, this to be a smooth bourbon, but not as smooth as some of the other ones that we're going to taste. It's no. got a little bit of a bite to it to me. Um, a little, I guess, like spice and, and nuttiness to it that mm-hmm. I think uh, it has more than... Um, some of the other bourbons that we'll, we'll taste, I think, but specifically the spice, I find it to have a little bit of a kick. And I was reading online that some people don't like that. So if they're looking for a super smooth bourbon, this may not be the bourbon for them, but if they're looking for one that has a little bit of taste and a little bit of bite to it, that they may like this one. Yeah. You know what I'm noticing? And this is, uh, this is not the gin show. It's the bourbon show, but it can, that little hint of spice, that little kick almost reminds me of the juniper in a tanqueray. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So your Tanqueray gin has that little kind of edge of little spicy. Mm-hmm. Mm. And yeah. uh, I, I, I like it here. I think it works. Yeah. A couple other things that, that people have, have mentioned, um, uh, 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 notes of uh, apples, a uh, touch of aniseed and a hint of spice as we've talked about. Uh, good yeah. length with toasty oak notes, which is another thing that I've noticed. Um, toffee people have found. Uh, so yeah, but, but definitely a little bit, I would say, um, spicier than some of the ones that we're going to, we're going to probably have, uh, in the future here. So, but good one, really good. Yeah. Delicious. So 
We went with uh, first sip, which, you know, as we talked about the authenticity, which I think is really critical. I think some of the people, the thought leaders in, in, in just in general, let's just use thought leader as a general category. I would say the common denominator with them is that they are authentic. You know, you look at the Gary Vaynerchuks of the world, um, and, you know, uh, Tony Robbins, some of these other people, I mean, they are who they are. I mean, there's just no doubt about it that if you try to be too vanilla, it's really tough in a very crowded social media space. Well, let's talk about that for a second, because both the guys you mentioned, and this is worth talking about because it's about drinking, it's about swearing, it's about mm-hmm. whatever would piss someone off. I probably just pissed someone off by saying piss someone off. But, uh, you know, imagine if Gary Vaynerchuk didn't drop the F-bomb. Imagine if Tony Robbins never dropped the F-bomb for emphasis or in his coaching or in his videos. Uh, people say, oh, that's so unprofessional. I would never curse. I would never swear in a video. Uh, and, 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 you know, this is, we all have these professional lines that we draw. Uh, I, and it also depends on what your definition of cursing is, right? So I'll say like kick ass or kick your ass or something like that. I don't consider that really cursing. By the way, you can, you can say the word ass in a Disney movie and it's still rated G. Just no. So, you know, no. I, I looked it up. I looked it up. I looked it up. Damn. I look, this is 2017, folks. It's 2017. So, you know, yeah. <laughs> if it's on the internet, it must be true. But dang, that's... It, exactly uh... right. Exactly right. Uh, but the idea is you look at these guys that are very, very successful. And you say, well, they're allowed to do that because they're successful. I would say you got it backwards. They're successful because they allowed themselves to break the rules and to turn off the people that they were going to turn off and not meant to serve and turn on and attract and magnetize the people that they were meant to serve. So it's not like, oh, Gary V can swear now that he's successful. Gary V was swearing a blue streak before anybody knew his name. And he stayed authentic and he stayed real and he kept doing it and he didn't clean up his act and he didn't get more professional as he was getting twenty-five and thirty thousand dollar keynotes and building multi-million dollar companies and doing all the stuff he was doing. He stayed true to himself. And if you didn't like it, I'm not gonna say it, but if you didn't like it, too bad. Yeah, I, uh, I, I, I think you nailed it on the head with the authenticity part. I don't have a cha- I don't have a, a, an opinion on whether or not cursing or not cursing in your uh, uh, thought leadership is, is a good or a bad thing. I think it's all about what is authentic to you. And I think you nailed it on the head when you said that Gary Vee does it right and Tony does it right because I think they did it before they got quote unquote famous. And so if you or I all of a sudden started dropping F-bombs left to right, not that, you know, we wouldn't do it occasionally or whatever, but it's just not, it's not our MO. So it comes off fake and it comes, it's just, you know, so if there's one thing that I will say, David, uh, I make a lot of mistakes on stage when I was a speaker. I will, I am one of the guys that if you count the us and the oz, I actually had a, a mutual friend of ours count my oz and us and they were through the roof. But the reason I continue to have at least a decent career in speaking. If there's one word I'd use that it is authenticities. I'm just myself. That's just who I am, man. You know, and I, I rub some people the right way and rub some people the wrong way. But if there's one thing that I just always try to do is just be myself. That's all I can do. I just gotta just be myself, man. You know, and, and the rest of it kind of, and we're lucky that we, we're in the era right now. I feel like we're being yourself on stage actually is a benefit where maybe in the past um, it may not have been you know, based upon different things. So for sure. Uh, So, you know, the next segment that we're on is straight up no ice, you know, and, and I I was funny, we were, you and I were talking about how the, the bourbon, uh, (laughs) it's that, the, 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 uh, the bourbon, uh, connoisseurs of the world, uh, probably left us when they saw us clinking with the uh, ice in our glass anyway, Newman. So if any of them, uh, you know, jumped out, Oh, this is a bourbon show. And then they threw ice and they're gone anyway. So don't worry about it. Um, but this is straight up no, no ice. And I want to talk about a couple of best practices among Facebook, because that's kind of a little bit of our theme today uh, that, that I'm using and I think you are using as well. And one of them is Facebook Live. And I'm doubling down on that. And I want some of the folks that are listening to as well. I really believe in it right now as a tool to get some maximum engagement for your audience. And uh, the reason that is, is first of all, it's video, kind of like we're doing now. And it kind of brings your 
uh, thought leadership to life. And there's things that you can do on video that you can't do when you're writing. And the other thing is, is Facebook's talking about it. When you go live, they want to push it hardcore. So they tell all your friends that you're going live. And so right now it is a very quick way for engagement. I'll give you a quick example, David, and then I want to get your uh, perspective on this. Uh, We have 33 goats in our backyard right now. 33. Uh, and the reason we have 33 is we rented, rented them to clean out um, all the shrubbery and such back there. And we saw it on Shark Tank. We bought a local company here for three days. They're, they're cleaning out and it's freaking awesome. And people are coming from, like, I'm surprised there aren't people knocking on the door right now to see the goats. But the point of that to telling you that is my wife wrote a post and posted some pictures about the goats and she got about, you know, 26 likes and maybe 11 comments. Then she posted a Facebook Live about the goats. And so far, she's at 112 comments and over 140 likes and shares and so on and so forth. And it's just a a microcosm of the difference. The only difference between those two posts, one was video and Facebook Live, and one was just pictures and content. And so I think you got to double down on the Facebook Live while it's hot. What do you think? Oh, yeah. No, big time. Big, big, big. Uh, and again, this is not the Jay Bear show, but it, it will be soon uh, when, when he's our next guest. <laughs> Jay said like three or four years ago, you and I were both in the room. You and I were both in the room. He said that on the internet, not just Facebook, but on the internet, text is going away and everything is moving to pictures and especially video. Everything's moving to video. So that's true with your content. That's true with your marketing. That's true with your Facebook Live. That's true with everything. So I think because Facebook, Facebook, uh, you know, you talk to Zuckerberg like you and I do frequently. Cousin, he's a cousin. He wants to, he, he wants to kill YouTube. He wants to be the YouTube killer. Yes. So Facebook is getting so heavily into video, optimizing for video, uh, giving preferential visibility to the videos you'd be an idiot not and here i just pissed more people off more people just left more people he's calling me an idiot yeah i'm calling you an idiot you'd have to be an idiot not to embrace facebook live because of the way that the overall internet is going and certainly the way that our man zuckerberg and facebook is really uh, privileging video in the news feeds with video ads with video content with video of all kinds Yeah. And like anything else, you know, I'll just tell you our listeners out there, you know, uh, you got to stay consistent with it. You can't just throw on a Facebook live and just think automatically that people are going to start tuning in. Um, the title of your Facebook live videos is important. And of course the subject matter, you know, um, again, authenticity and value are the two things that come to mind when it comes to, uh, going live on Facebook. Are you helping your audience? Are you being a utility, as you said, David, uh, to your customer base, but man, and I want to tell people you can go Facebook live on your personal as well as your business profile. And they just launched, I don't even know if you know this yet, David, that you can do it off of your, uh, your computer as well, not just your phone anymore. So if you do the, uh, the, the latest Facebook update, you should be able to go live from your computer as well, which is pretty cool. I Uh, like it. The other two quick things I want to mention on Facebook and just get your um, uh, also a feeling on it is with our clients, I own an agency, you know, we test this a lot with our clients. Um, We also do a lot of remarketing on Facebook and everybody sees it all the time. You go to Amazon, you search for a product like, you know, Elijah Craig say, you know, it's crazy. You might even talk about it. You might write about it, whatever. But the bottom line is you go to Facebook and there in the feed or on the ad or somewhere is an advertisement or some sort of promoted post for that product. And that's called remarketing. That's called retargeting, whatever you want to call it. And uh, it's a very powerful marketing tool for businesses. And so we're doing that a lot for a lot of our product-based businesses. And I think, because again, Facebook's the largest behemoth in the world when it comes to uh, sticky traffic, getting people there, that what a great opportunity. If you know somebody was warm and was checking you out online, whether it be your website or your product page, and then they go to the environment that they love so much, which is Facebook, why not bring your, your ads along with you and stay top of mind? Have you had any experience with, uh, with, with Facebook remarketing and, and how has it been? 
I have. And it's, it's actually interesting. Uh, there's a couple of things you can do. I mean, exactly what you're talking about, which is they visit your website. Uh, you know, everyone knows what a cookie is, or at least the, the tech savvy people know what a cookie is. In the Facebook world, that's called a pixel. So you put a little pixel code on your website and then that person is tagged as, hey, this person opened that email or this person went to that webpage. And now there's an identifier, which increases the relevance and just like you're saying, someone checked you out online, someone went to a web page, someone went to a landing page, but maybe didn't opt in. All of a sudden, there you are on Facebook. And it's like, oh my God, I was just on this guy's website. What a coincidence. And of course, it's not a coincidence at all, but an unsophisticated user goes, this guy's everywhere. <laughs> so it gives you this sense of preeminence. It gives you the sense of, um, uh, what's the other word, where you're all all present, right? Yes, you're, omnipresent, you're, or, yeah, you're yeah, omnipresent yeah, yeah. right? I was just on this guy's website. Now look, there's an ad. I can't believe it. I guess I better go in and finish signing up for that webinar. I guess I better finish downloading that white paper. I guess I better sign up for their email newsletter or whatever that call to action was. And then you can actually, I'm just learning about this now, total babe in the woods, but you can build a funnel based on retargeting. So if they take if they take step A but not step B, right? There's a DNA marker for that, and you can show them one kind of ad. If they take step A and take step B, and then there's a step C, but there's somehow they didn't go to step C yet. You can do a different ad and show it to those people. You can just drive people further down your buying cycle, drive people further down your marketing funnel until eventually it's like this company's everywhere. And, and, and they know every single move like, Oh, it looks like you downloaded the white paper, but you didn't sign up for our webinar. Oh, it looks like you went to our webinar, but maybe you didn't finish it. Oh, it looks like you finished the webinar, but maybe you missed the replay. It's like, how do they know? <laughs> well, because you, you build these funnels, right? These kind of Facebook ad funnels that, and, and they're easy to do. If you hire an agency, like, like Corey's company, eBootCamp, or, you know, your, your favorite, you know, high school kid that knows nothing about Facebook and knows nothing about Facebook ads and will help you burn through twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollars of ads for no good reason. But I'm not saying hire eBootcamp. I'm not saying that you right. should do that. That wouldn't but be a mistake. Yeah. Yeah, huge mistake. But the <laughs> point is it's very powerful. And I'm just like, I'm literally, this is being opened. I mean, my eyes are being opened to the power of this right now. Um, and then also I think, Corey, you want to talk about uh, Facebook groups. Because pretty soon we'll be able to advertise to a group, and mm. that's something new. That's new. It's not here yet, no. but that's that's what word on the street is. So that's yeah. going to be cool. Yeah, I found you know again we're talking about you know different values on on Facebook, and uh, you know so far we've talked about Facebook Live, which which is which I think is going to really uh, bring your engagement up. Um, we've talked about remarketing, which is the opportunity to stay top of mind with prospects that haven't bought from you yet. So instead of losing them when they're in research mode, finding ways to stay top of mind in the environment that they are comfortable in, which is Facebook. And then this next value, I think, which is key and, and part of its group, but I also call it like a back channel a little bit, you know, uh, I'm finding more and more that I'm finding value out of these sort of secret tribes that I'm getting into that are um, behind the scenes of whatever industry that we're in and such. And there are groups. So by the medium, I guess, if, if you would, on Facebook, it is a private group. Uh, but it's these environments where we're able to be, again, ourselves, sort of wrapping it back to where we were before, authentic, uh, transparent. For example, both David and I are speakers. Yes, go ahead and get your second pour because I got my second pour. Yeah, please do. We should have probably made note. For those of you following along, please do go ahead and do your pour. And by the way, you don't have to fill it up to the top. You don't have to get crazy. Um, you know, a nice little pour here. I still got my ice ball in there. It's still doing me quite fine. I can still touch my nose. Totally fine. You know, whatever. Um, but, you know, there you go. There's the sound. Uh, but Facebook groups, I'm finding public Facebook groups, eh, you know, just a lot of noise and such, but boy, these private Facebook groups, both of us are speakers, David, there's some private Facebook groups out there that I have found unbelievable value in being able to write a very straightforward, honest human question about something that's going on in my business and getting feedback from it. And not only have I been able to be a participant in that, but also an owner or an admin of groups like that, 
And I think you have as well. Is that correct? Yes, very much so. Very Talk much so. I mean, those that. groups. Well, so participating in groups, I think if they're if they're really well maintained, if it's a peer group, if it is something that is, it's not full of spam and self promotion and crap. Uh, but it's people who have built a community, and they know that the higher the value of that community the more that's going to reflect well on them and their professional services. So that's number one is being a participant in these groups. The second thing that I think a lot of people, a lot of business owners and entrepreneurs and companies may be missing out on is to have a uh, private group. But and I'm not talking about your company page. I'm not talking about a group that's named after your company. I'm talking about a group that is named after what your prospects and customers and clients really want to accomplish. Mm. So it's, it needs to be a brand neutral group, right? So if I were selling, uh, if I were selling pens, promotional pens, I, I would not start a Facebook group called the David Newman promotional pen group, right? Well, I would, I'd start a group saying uh, something like, you know, promotional ideas to wow your clients, Right, because if I'm in the promotional pen business, I want to talk about I want to talk about flowers and gifts and candy and sending Harry and David and chocolates and and surprise and delight and whatever. And oh, by the way, if you like stationery, if you like pens, if you happen, you know, if this happens to be your thing, you know, P.S. Way way in the background is the P.S. is that our, our company does right. this, but the movement that we're trying to foster in this group is surprise and delight your clients. So it's the surprise and delight your clients group. Anyone who's interested in doing that should be in that group. Can you imagine the number of people that would join a group like that versus the number of people that want to join the David Newman Pen Company group? Right. No one cares about us. No right. one cares about you. Right, it's not um, about you uh, right. in, in these groups. And it's about your members. And if I, I know your groups, that the more your members gain value from your other members, it shines back on you. You're the hero, which is just so cool. Um, but, you know, you create these sort of mastermind groups, if you will. Uh, but I will tell you all right now that uh, the value of Facebook for me has gone up exponentially when I've gotten away from the public feed and into these, again, what I'm calling a back channel that, you know, some of us in the industry know that term, or just a private group of people that you trust, uh, that you can share your challenges, your concerns and uh, uh, frustrations with, and can get some real honest feedback. And I'll tell you all one quick thing. I've done a lot of research on this. And I'll tell you right now, from an engagement perspective, you're going to get a lot more engagement on Facebook in terms of groups than you will on LinkedIn. I'm a big fan of LinkedIn and we'll go there down the road. But when it comes to groups, cut out the LinkedIn groups and focus on the Facebook groups. Just been my, 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 uh, my, my, my past experiences on that. A lot more engaging. Would you agree on that, David? I, I totally would. Well, and also I've got a little bit of inside scoop. And again, I just hear these rumors flying back and forth. And you're obviously in this world on a daily basis. Is it true that LinkedIn groups may be going away? Have you heard this at all? I haven't heard that. I just, I, I, it's just like, woo, like rumor mill nonsense. I'm not even sure if it has any validity, but uh, I think Facebook groups, I'm sorry, not Facebook groups, uh, LinkedIn groups uh, may be on the way out. And again, I have no proof. I've got no citation of that of any kind, but I, that was kind of in the rumor mill last it, it, week. It wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me. LinkedIn has its benefits. Don't get me wrong. It, you know, if you had to ask me what my favorite business social networking tool, I'd, I'd have a challenge um, competing against Facebook and LinkedIn. But when it comes to groups, I've been in many groups on LinkedIn and many groups on Facebook. And the three most powerful groups I've ever been in have all resided on Facebook and none of them on LinkedIn. So I, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if that were the case. Yeah, LinkedIn groups are, it's, and again, it's always been very, very tough to get any kind of engagement or any kind of, you know, here's why I think. I think LinkedIn, people visit LinkedIn several times a day on a transactional basis. They want to read an article then they go away. They want to post an update and then they go away. They want to read a LinkedIn Pulse article and then they go away. Yep. As opposed to Facebook, at least on my computer, Facebook is pretty much open all day, all day, every day. I'm on my phone. Like, you know, Facebook is always an open tab on the phone. It's just there. And I'm always, I'm not always paying attention to it, but 
it's I'm there probably 20 times a day and I might be on LinkedIn three times a day. Yeah. And I mean, let's be honest and I'm, I'm in the business, as you mentioned, there, there may be days that I'm not even on LinkedIn. And again, I, yeah, I same. I'm, I'm a huge advocate, but, but Facebook is kind of the platform that you go to first uh, for communication. LinkedIn might be uh, the place that you might go to for, to be more proactive on a prospecting or sales or maybe even recruiting type of thing. Uh, so yeah, so as far as groups and then, you know, kind of ending this topic on Facebook, the last thing I just wanted to throw out there and interested again in your perspective, Newman, is um, connecting with friends on Facebook, uh, connecting, sorry, connecting with friends on Facebook since the beginning of time. But when, uh, I want to take you back for a second, David, um, in your business, but when you first got that friend request from a business colleague, and again, that whole thing, I don't know if you've ever had a challenge with authenticity and being transparent on Facebook like I have, but, you know, I mean, you know, uh, mixing business and pleasure when I will tell you when I'm on the road and I'm speaking on social media and I bring this topic up about intermingling my personal Facebook page with my business context, a lot of controversy. People don't want to do it, you know, but I, I believe it's been one of the best things I ever could have done for my business go back to kind of the beginning for you and how did you make that intersection and has that been challenging for you? Well, it's funny. I, and again, this is what you teach and preach all the time about you have to know the purpose of why you're on these platforms. Yeah. So from the very beginning, and I was kind of late to the Facebook party. I think I got in like 2009 and like all the cool kids had already been in there for years. Like you know. two, two years. Yeah, exactly. I was, I was two <laughs> years behind the curve, two years behind the curve. I remember going to one of our National Speakers Association events and one of our fellow speakers says, so this is again, 2009, right? Are you on Facebook? And I was like, nah, no, I'm not really, you know, I don't do that kind of, you know, uh, my, my, my joke was, uh, <laughs> what was it? Oh, I, I, I don't play around with like, my 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 face and and space book <laughs> i don't do my face i don't do space book i'm not sure what all that is right I, I don't i don't play that i'm on linkedin right because linkedin was like the big granddaddy of all social media but anyway um well, what was your question i, I totally <laughs> lost the well what the oh i'm sorry Dude, well, wait, no 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 when that happens we drink i mean that i think whenever we lose our train of thought you know you gotta you know okay where were we the purpose yes. of me being on Facebook from day one was about business. Nice. So I never, I never wanted to do like the puppy pictures or I'm, I'm sorry. I never only wanted to do <laughs> the puppy go. pictures. You I got a ton of puppy pictures. I got a ton of video game stuff. <laughs> I got all my sins, all my vices. You know, I got my fantastic, beautiful wife nicknamed the hot one. So we, we do that. But the primary purpose, a lot of people, the primary purpose of Facebook is personal. Yes. And they wonder, how much business do I bring in? For me, the primary purpose of Facebook from the beginning for myself was business. And if anything, my question was in the other direction, but still valid. How much personal do I bring in, right? How much do I talk about the dog? How much do I talk about my fabulous video game retro ultra lounge in the basement? How much do I talk about my bromance with Corey Perlman? I don't know. I don't know. But so knowing why you're there, right? And having a clear purpose and goal in mind, it doesn't make that decision easier necessarily, but it helps you give some clarity around how to make the decision of how much business, how much personal. For me, it was slightly easier because it was like always 90% business, 10% personal. And maybe that's a mistake. I mean, I know that you've gotten a tremendous amount of love and respect and client feedback about all the great personal stuff that you do uh, as a dad, as a husband, as just a, you know, a son, as a good guy, as doing your fabulous community service that you do in the prisons. Uh, and, and that's serious, by the way. It's not like, oh, yeah, he's, he's, he's doing community service in prisons. No, Corey does some fabulous work. <laughs> exactly. I'm actually doing this yeah. in prison, actually. <laughs> Those are bars behind me. Yeah. It says, the shirt says bourbon on the front, and it says 7329562 on the back. State penitentiary is. <laughs> Yeah. So I, uh, again, as you know, uh, we won't always agree by the way, but there will be topics where, where we will be going toe to toe on these. But, um, but the other thing I'll say too about that Newman is, uh, for me, you know, I went to Florida state. Uh, so I say that only because 
I had, you know, a lot of stuff I had to clean up on my profile, a lot of things that I had to sort of uh, get right when I decided to intertwine my business and personal. So I guess the difference between you and me was I started personal, always planned to have it personal. And then all of a sudden this whole business thing came about and I was like, yikes, what do I, what do I do? And it has always been a tough decision. And there's always been times where I wished it was just a circle of friends and that I could just be, you know, I say myself, but, you know, just not worry about what's being posted and all that. But I'll, I'll leave it with this little quick anecdote. And, and you, you nailed it right on the head. I got a call from my largest client and he said, Corey, I just want to let you know how much I love seeing you be a dad on Facebook. And it was, for me, a just a reminder that that's why it's so important that, yes, we got to make sure we are a value to our clients, but they care that we're good people. And there, there's an old adage in sales that say, um, we like doing business with people that we like. And Facebook enables us to make sure and see that we like the people that we're doing business with, you know? And so, uh, it, it's just been one of those things that, that has been tremendously valuable. So I say cheers to that, my friend, yes. uh, to, well, to connecting on that. And you know, it's also a double-edged sword because some people don't like people holding up bourbon and some people are disturbed by that. But again, and that's, that's okay. That's the premise of the show. That's true, you know, and uh, uh, there, there's, you have to kind of, like you talked about towing the line a little bit, you know, it's, you, you asked me the question, honest question, how will your clients feel about this? And some of them may not like it. And, uh, and I understand that. And that's, that's, you know, that's something that I'm going to have to live with. But um, I make every decision that I make online, uh, I have to weigh what the consequences will be uh, to my audience, because I do have a very professional audience. And so, yeah. Uh, this one, you know, eh, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We've immediately, in the course of about 60 minutes, we've both lost hundreds of thousands of dollars <laughs> of business. But that's fine because we can afford it and God bless them and they'll go find someone else to work with and, and screw and them. This is so good. I mean, you know. It really, it's quite tasty. It's yeah. quite tasty. I mean, let's just call a spade a spade. Mm-hmm. And, and, and we we found Elijah. So for, for members of the tribe, if you've been wondering, he's right here. He's right all he's, along. He's not at your table, but he's in my hand. You know, and I will also say, by the way, that um, although your bottle is full and, and my bottle is empty, not that I have drank this all tonight, but um, it, it, that we mentioned that it's named after a Baptist pastor. And if there's anything that I've learned from that is that, hey, you know, it, it all comes together. You know what I mean? Like, let's, let's, uh, religion is something that can uh, separate us and, and be divisive. And I, boy, I'll tell you, sometimes I just, I love when it all comes together, you know? You know, this might be a great topic for a future uh, episode because what you just said reminded me that uh, bourbon and beverages of this kind are also called spirits. Mm. Spirits. Mm-hmm. So there is a spiritual aspect of all of this, Reverend Elijah, not necessarily included, but, but uh, certainly a coincidence that he happened to be a reverend and we're talking about fine wines and spirits. I, I and completely so, agree. Yeah. Sp- spirituality is, is one, of, one of my favorite words and something that Jess and I, my wife, think a lot about. And uh, so I think that, that's a, that that is phenomenal. I want to uh, say a plug, David, right now as we wrap up the show. Um, to people who happen to, to, to come upon this, this was our first episode. It's new. There are things we're going to fix. There's things that we're going to tweak. <laughs> Right. This was our first and last episode. Possibly last yeah. episode. I hope not. <laughs> I, I've had a good time. I hope you have too. Totally. Um, and so I want you to think about you, the listener, people or yourself that could be a potential guest. The the two prerequisites to being a guest, one is an expertise that you think is uh, uh, worthy of sharing uh, to our audience. And the second is you know a bourbon that you might uh, r- recommend that David and I try. And uh, we, th- those are those are pretty much it. And we'll we'll make a pretty quick decision on whether or not we think that that would be a good fit for the show. So uh, please email uh, me or or David. Uh, you, uh, Corey at ebootcamp.com is my email address. C O R E Y at e 
bootscamp.com and we'll put that in the notes and all that kind of thing uh, to make sure that you can connect with me and uh, share with me your idea and, and your bourbon of choice. And uh, we'll get you on a future episode, which would be totally awesome. Don't you think, Dave? Yes, 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 yes. Uh, I totally think so. But also another prerequisite that you failed to mention is that uh, the guests need to read all of our books. You have to have read all of the books. So read every book you can find by Corey Perlman. Uh, read all the books you can find by David Newman, whether that's actually me or, or some other David Newman. I don't care. But just you have to read all of our books and then we'll have you on the show. Do they have Maybe. to read them left to right or right to left due to the, I mean, should we keep this theme going or, I mean, you know, should, you know are you... I think that, you know what? <laughs> I, I'm, I, I misspoke. You don't have to read any of our books. You simply have to buy all of our books. <laughs> just buy the books. Nice. I don't really give a rat's ass if you read it or not. Nice, 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 nice. Yeah. All right, David, on our last sip, this is uh, to, to wind down this. Oh, we have first sip and last sip. First, first sip and last sip. And last sip. So we're going to end with our last sip of bourbon. But before we do that, um, I want to touch on what makes uh, good ingredients in a bourbon, which we've kind of already talked about a little bit, and we'll talk about more in a future episode. But because you are a marketing expert, I'm going to put you on the spot here for a second. I want to ask you, What's the mix that you recommend to our listeners as a good ingredients for uh, a person as a marketer or as a marketing uh, initiative for a company? So what, you know, in general, if a couple of rules of thumb, if you will, go into a, a good mix of ingredients for marketing? Wow. Uh, that's a big question. Well, I think, I think I'll give you a couple of guidelines. And again, my experience, is more in the small and solo business arena, more so than with larger companies. So, you know, when you are the marketer of what you do, right, you're the product, you're the service. Uh, I think your marketing has to be easy, effortless, and enjoyable. If you hate marketing, if you hate the marketing tasks that you've assigned yourself, you're doing the wrong tasks. So Corey and I, for example, we love video, we love speaking. So is this the perfect medium for us to be kind of having some fun, sharing some content, sharing some ideas? Sure. Uh, if you, Don't forget if you, we love bourbon too. So. And, and, and we love bourbon. Yeah. And we love bourbon. So here's the deal. If you love writing strategies or if you love writing, use writing strategies to market your business. If you love audio and podcasting, use podcasting strategies. If you love in person and you love nothing more than going into a room full of strangers and shaking hands and kissing babies and making new friends, use networking and referral strategies. But whenever someone says, oh man, I hate marketing. Someone says I have to cold call. Someone says I have to network. Someone says I have to send out a hundred postcards a day. I'm like, well, who said that's ridiculous, right? Because the only kind of marketing that you're ever going to do is marketing that you find easy, effortless, and, and enjoyable. I give you permission right here, right now on the Business Over Bourbon podcast to immediately stop doing any of the marketing tasks that are not easy, effortless, and enjoyable for you because they'll never be effective because you'll never do them with consistency and you'll never get better at them if you absolutely hate them. That's my three cents. I, I, I sip to that. That's great advice. That's absolutely great advice. Anything else to add? That's perfect. I think that's it. I think that's it. Well, and and preview, prequel, we're doing a whole show on this, I know. My only other advice combined with what I just said about easy, effortless, enjoyable, fish where the fish are. <laughs> that's yes. all I'm going to say. That's code, code, fish where the fish are. I love it. I love it. Uh, and, and my last sip, David, would simply be um, consistency is key. Uh, if you are a perfectionist in the game of marketing, uh, it could be your biggest downfall, your biggest flaw. Uh, I know lots of people who work and tailor and try to create the perfect blog post, the perfect video, the perfect picture, whatever the case may be. And six months later, they're still working on that perfect blog post. And at the same time, another person who's just you know, going along and producing, producing already has six blog posts, you know, 19 images with good content on it, uh, three Facebook lives, you know, that person is moving the needle more than the perfectionist. So if you find yourself in that, uh, category of being a perfectionist, try to remind yourself that 
faster is better when it comes to marketing than perfection. So just, just be aware and weary of that. And, uh, you know, and, 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 and choose to be different, you know? So, um, David and I could have done a, a typical podcast and we could have done business over tea. We could have done business, business over, tea. over tea. Imagine how much fun that would be. Actually, it's yeah. really weird, but yes, we could, but yeah, how much fun. Hey David. So, um, well, where do you, what do you get out of this Starbucks? Uh, mm. Yeah, that, that's that's watered down. Uh, crappy. Lap song, lap song, sushong. Yes, big dong, ding dong, <laughs> big dong, sushong. Okay. Yes, hashtag big dong. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> we we <laughs> ben big dong sushong, <laughs> big dong sushong green tea. Uh, so there you go. Be different. So we decided to do business over bourbon. Uh, we know it won't be for everyone. We know we, it may not be for even uh, some of our. Uh, uh, favorite people in the world, but we've lost them all now. <sighs> That's okay, David. So here's to you, man. Last sip. Uh, yes. Cheers to you. We won in the books. This probably didn't record, but hey, we had a good time anyway. I'm we had kidding. a great time. <laughs> we had a great time. Till next time, my friend. Stay tuned. More Stay to come. Tuned. More to come. Cheers. Bye, everybody. <laughs>